welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. So before we talk about the changes in services, we'll still be having Wednesday night services, but we're going to have a little different flair. Um, and I'll mention that at the end, but um, I have something to share with you tonight that from the Word of God that to me is very cool. And I, I actually sensed I have a leading to share it tonight. It's probably not yet a Sunday morning message. <laughs> but um, I, like, I like things like this. I I always have since I've been a kid. I've, I've liked things about time travel and you know speed of light and, and all these things. And and as I was in Denver in our apartment, as Isaac was in the hospital there. And by the way, Isaac is doing great. Amen. I mean, he's doing great. He wanted his cell phone today to check his emails. So so we gave it to him, and he was you know doing his best to scroll through it. He he made a few mistakes, but. His face looks so good. And uh, Lou, even since you've seen him, Lou, he has like progressed supernaturally. Praise God. We are so thankful. Before we know it, he's going to be here playing bass again. You just watch yeah, it. Um, but that's already happened. I don't know if you know that. That's already happened. Yeah. In the full picture, that's, that's already happened. It's like past tense. Right, right. But we're going to see it in this realm, you know, where time is very, very soon. You know, if it hasn't already happened, it's not going to happen. <laughs> now I'm getting in my message already. <laughs> and we're not talking about predestination. We're talking about God foreknowing. And, and so we're going to talk about, I have three titles for the message tonight. You know me, right? The first title is Blessings on Credit. Blessings coming to us because of God knowing what we're going to do in the future. Or we could call it foreknowledge comes before predestination. Or we could call the message tonight, the future affects the past. Anybody having fun yet? Pray with me because I've never shared anything quite like this in detail before. I believe there's something here and there's a reason. I believe we're going to talk about this. It's going to do something to our love for God. It's going to do something to our, our, our reverence to live for Him every, every moment of our life. So Father, we're asking that as we go to these scriptures, help us with understanding, revelation from heaven, things that will boost us up higher, things that will help us to overcome things that we maybe haven't overcome yet, things that will help us to go to the next level in our love for you and our, our surrender unto your plan and purpose. Lord, we're asking that tonight's message would bring you great glory and bring illumination unto your people to help us, Father God, in our walk with you and our ministry to other people that it may advance and go higher. We praise you for it in Jesus' name. And Lord, I believe also healings and miracles will take place because of this message tonight and because of what it will do to our hearts. And we thank you for it. Amen. So if you would please turn with me to Isaiah 53. And I want to ask you a question while you're turning there. Do you think God has ever done anything for anybody because of something in the future that was going to happen? Do you think God has ever done anything for anybody because he knew something in the future was going to happen that would actually cover that thing? Well, we all know the big one, right? 
Look at here in Isaiah 53, verses 1 through 5. Isaiah 53, verses 1 through 5. The prophet Isaiah, hundreds of years before Jesus was born, said this, Who has believed our report? And Phaethi said, Me. Right? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Now stop right there. If you want the arm of the Lord revealed to you, you've got to believe his report. How many of you want the arm of the Lord revealed to you? The strength of God in your life, the power of God. Well, then you need to believe his report because that comes first. But now notice, who has believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Next verse. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant. Who's he talking about here? He's talking about Jesus coming on the scene, being born of a virgin. Jesus shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of the dry ground. He has no form nor calmness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. In other words, he's not going to stand out like some heavenly, spectacular celebrity that the world's never seen before. Right. Jesus, the Bible, Paul calls Jesus the man, Christ Jesus. Next verse. He is despised and rejected of men, which Jesus was. A man, now notice he is despised. Notice it didn't say he is going to be despised. This is very interesting. I want you to see something here. I, this is hundreds of years before Jesus was ever born of Mary in Bethlehem. And the prophet said he is despised and rejected of men, not he's going to be. This is very interesting. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely, next verse, surely he has, oh, 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 wait, 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 he's not even born yet. He's not even born yet. What, what, what's he saying here? He's saying you can get healed 400 years before Jesus is born, because what he was going to do 400 years later. Yeah. Yeah. Does God ever bring blessings into people's lives because of things he knows are going to happen in the future? Oh, this is interesting. Have you studied Einstein at all, uh, being a teacher, a little bit? Yeah, I, I might share a couple of things, but <laughs> he kind of figured out that we're kind of really interesting in this area. Um, not quite this area, but in the time area. So think about this. A prophet saying he's already borne our griefs. Now, if you look this up in the Hebrew, the word griefs is sicknesses, and the word sorrows is pains. And when Jesus, or excuse me, when Matthew quotes this verse in the New Testament, he relates it to Jesus healing physically sick people. Surely he has borne our griefs, our sicknesses, and carried our sorrows and pains, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted, talking like it's already happened. Next verse. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was on him, and with his stripes we are healed. Now wait a second, he's saying people back in this day can be healed by something that hasn't even happened yet. Or has it? How many of you know there's a lot of things in the future that have already happened? They're inevitable. And you can benefit today from things that haven't even happened yet because the Lord knows they're going to happen. <laughs> I started talking with this not too long ago with somebody, some friends of ours, and I could tell it was like, whoa, whoa, slow down, hang on, hang on here, hold on, hold on. Now, can I tell you something really interesting? 
Okay. <laughs> um, don't want to be rude. Are pushy. I was driving to church, and I might have shared this in some sermons, but um, I'm going to emphasize some of these things tonight more than I ever have. I have liberty to do that. Isn't that cool? We must be able to handle it. Because I wouldn't do it if I had to check about it. But I was driving to church one night with Carla, and we were running a little behind. I think it was a Sunday morning, and I, the church starts at 10, and I think we were like, I don't know, about quarter till, 10 till in the car driving down here. And I, th I thought, you know, I'm going to pray that God would deal with people to go to church. I, I pray that certain people would just be there. hope praying that they don't miss the word of God. And I said, Lord, I just pray that everybody that needs to be in church today would be there. And the thought came to me, too late. It's 10 till. They're still in bed. They won't make it in time. And the Lord told me, keep praying. Yeah. Now listen, this is really interesting. He said, keep praying because I foresaw you praying and already dealt with them yesterday. Okay. He said, yesterday, or before time, I saw you praying this prayer at 10 minutes to 10, and I already dealt with those people to be in church because I foresaw you praying it, and I started dealing with them before you prayed it in this time zone because I already saw you praying it in the scope of everything. Say this, it's never too late, never too late. to pray a prayer. <laughs> did, did I make that clear? Did everybody catch that? Did y'all catch that? I was praying for something no way could happen in the time frame in this earth realm. But since God foresaw me praying before, way before, he had plenty of time to deal with those people because he knew I was going to pray for him. He knew it was a fact. He saw it. He knew it was going to happen. How many know God knows what's going to happen? Now, I'm going to go to a couple more scriptures here, but let me just say this. God healed people in the Old Testament based on what Jesus was going to do in the future by being striped and bruised in the court of Pontius Pilate. Does God do things for us based on what he knows we're going to do? Does God do things for us based on what he knows we're going to do? <laughs> Romans chapter 8, please. Let's look at Romans chapter 8. And you'll see these two words, foreknowledge and predestination. A lot of people get mixed up in this predestination thing. They think God's predestined everything and just overrides people's free will and just does things that he wants to do and plans this and plans that. No, predestination comes after something else. And that is foreknowledge. God foreknows every choice you and I are ever going to make in this life. And I believe a message like this is going to help our choices to be better from this moment forward. Amen. I'm about ready to get in the spirit, guys. <laughs> Hearing a message like this is going to prompt us to be more serious about proper choices because if God's already foreseen our future, how many of you want him to see you doing really good yeah. in your choices area? See, sometimes we, we just, we just, we just kind of like go for the ride. This whole, you know, we're just going for the ride in life. See what happens tomorrow. How about we declare, no, no, no. I, I don't want to, that's too risky. Too much at stake here just to see what's going to happen tomorrow and the next day. How about we realize he sees our whole future and let's make sure he sees that we're doing a good, good one. Sometimes you need a little motivation to, 
to get a little more serious about life, a little more serious about the things of God. And this is one of them right here. Personally, when I start seeing these things, I want God seeing me from this day forward making great decisions for Him. Not doubting when I know better. Fully surrendered to His perfect will. Why? Well, for one reason, because that's the best in light of eternity. But I want some blessings today that He knows I'm not going to mess up in the future without confessions. <laughs> Romans 8. Look at verse, let's go start here at verse, uh, let's see, verse 24. Romans 8, 24. Romans 8, 24. All right, Paul said by the Holy Spirit, we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man sees, why does he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. See, even in this verse here, it shows you that if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. We're seeing something that hasn't happened yet, but it's real. Do you see that? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Wait for what? What hasn't manifested yet, but is certainly real in the future. Now, keep reading. Keep reading. Likewise, the Holy Spirit helps our infirmities. Oh, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And let me tell you one of the infirmities that we have to deal with. Not knowing the future. But the Holy Ghost will help us pray in line with knowing the future. This is why we need to look to the Lord when it comes to major decisions. Number one, He knows the future. Yeah. Right? We tell people in marriage counseling at times, you know, listen, make sure that you're not just infatuated with this person. Pray because, you know, they may be, uh, let's go to church today, and honey, let's go to church, and yes, I'll go to your church, oh yeah, and, and as long as I can have you, I'll go to your church, let's go to church, oh yeah, let's go to church, yeah, I'm a Christian, let's go to church. But God knows if they're just saying that to get you or not. And then when they get married, he don't want to go to church no more. I mean, oh, God knew that was coming. See, one of the reasons we need to look to the Lord in a lot of these decisions is he knows the future. He knows if Prince Charming is really Frankenstein in disguise that will come out three months after you're married. Right? He knows the future. And he knows the hearts of all men. And when you know somebody's heart, you know their future. Hmm. So read on. The Spirit of God helps our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now notice, he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And he doesn't do that apart from us. He says he helps us. And we know, now notice this, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God 
to them who are called according to his purpose. Now, before we go to the next verse, think about this. All things work together for who? Those who love God. Interesting. So not everybody can things work together for good, but those that he knows loves him, things can work together for good. Look at the next verse. He said, for whom he did, he connects all this together. <clears throat> for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, remember, this is after foreknowledge, so after seeing what decisions people were going to make already. Them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? So, Foreknowledge, God foreknowing our decisions in the future has predestinated us to be conformed to the image of his dear son because he knew we'd be choosing him and his son. This is very interesting. Um, I'm going to try with the help of the Lord to go a little farther than just what this is saying here tonight concerning foreknowledge and predestination. Does God foreknow what we're going to do? Does that have anything to do with the state we're in right now presently? See, God sees the entire picture, the beginning from the end. And we can't just go through life waiting to see what happens, waiting to see how we feel tomorrow. Maybe I'll be committed tomorrow. Maybe I won't be too committed. Maybe I'll resist sin tomorrow. Maybe I'll give in to sin tomorrow. I don't know. I'm weak or whatever. I mean, does our future have anything to do with things that are in our life today. Well, if you believe that God's already seen it and it's already done, I would say it does. Not only does our past have something to do with our present state, but what God knows our future is has something to do with our present state. And our future is contingent upon our choices, not his predestination. Are you listening to me? All right. I'm not losing anybody. I want your brain to hurt. If I need to give you a spiritual Tylenol, just let me know. Um, look at, well, I'm not even going to, let, let me just say this to you, and I'd like you to turn in your Bible to Haggai chapter 2, and I'm going to give you some scriptural examples of God dealing with people because he knew what they were going to do in the future. Um, what happens in our life? I firmly believe this up to the knowledge that I have now, and I don't know everything, believe me. But what happens in our life today is a summation of our past, present, and future way of believing and living. I mean, if God sees our life already done, don't you think things that haven't happened yet have something to do with what is happening right now? All right, look with me in Haggai 2. And I want you to look at verse 18 and 19. God told them, listen, you're sowing much, you're reaping little, you're earning wages to put it in a bag with holes in it. Things aren't going real well for you right now. And he said, it's because you are not taking care of my house. You go to your own mansions, you go to your own houses, and my house lies waste. Basically, he tells them all this in chapter 1. 
And in chapter 2, they've all decided, you know what? We're going to repent. We're not just going to build our own houses and care about our own carpet. We're going to care about things in the house of God. We're going to care about the things in God's temple. We're going we're to restore this place and we're going to make it beautiful again. We're not just going to have nice houses. God's going to have a nice house. And they got that in their heart and God stirred them up and the spirit of Zerubbabel got stirred up and they started building and doing this stuff. But listen here, it says, consider, God said this through Haggai. Now guys, consider from this day upward, from the four and twentieth day of the ninth month, even from the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider it. Foundation is like the very beginning of the project. Any builders in here? Been around building? What's one of the first things you do? The foundation. Does that mean it's done? Or does it have a lot of work still to go? But look at the next verse. Is the seed yet in the barn, God said? Yes. Yet the vine and the fig tree and the pomegranate and the olive tree have not brought forth. From this day will I bless you. Now this is interesting. He's blessing them for building and restoring his house and they only got the foundation laid. What does that mean? That means God does bless on credit. But he has to first foreknow you're going to be good for it. <laughs> right? He foreknew these people were good for it. He, see, he's already seen it. To him, it's already done. And because it is, he can bless them and only the foundation is laid. Because he knew. He wasn't blessing them just because they had the foundation laid. He blessed them because he knew that was the start. And he knew their hearts well enough to know their future that they would finish it. And so he started blessing them before the house was done because he knew they were going to do it. I submit unto us, if God knows that we're going to do certain things, He knows that we're not going to flake out, and He knows we're not going to, you know, shuff it off, and He knows we're going to follow through with something He told us to do, I'm telling you right now, He will bless us today, and we haven't even started yet. Because He knows our heart, and He knows if we're good with our commitments. And when He sees that we are, you can expect blessings today for something you haven't even done yet because he knows you're good for it. He knows you're going to do it. <laughs> Let me read you a couple of things here. Things happen or don't happen to us based on what we've done and what we're yet to do. God sees the whole picture. He sees what we've done. He sees what we're doing. and He sees and knows what we're going to do. And a lot of what's happening right now is because of all of it put together not just what has happened. Kind of makes you want to do a fresh commitment to the Lord and stick with it, huh? Now, think about this. Our state in life today is not only a product of what's, of what's happened up to now, it's also a product of what God knows we'll be choosing in the future also. God can bless us now because of foreknowing our future faith and obedience. Many people are being blessed now for things they will do in the future. <laughs> I know this is a little interesting, but you know what? It, I haven't, I haven't, you know, spent years studying this, but I have been thinking about it for decades. There's a scripture in Ezekiel, and we won't go there right now, where Ezekiel talks about a vision of the Lord and the creatures around the throne and the power of God in heaven. And he said he, he saw a wheel in a wheel. 
And as I've thought about that, I was thinking, well, you know, I'd have to really study that out because I'm not a, a Hebrew scholar. I mean, I'd have to really look at it in detail. But one of the things I think that could possibly be describing is, how do I want to put this? From God's perspective, there's no such thing as time. It's always now. For instance, if the Lord was to take one of us up right now and show us a vision of uh, Adam and Eve being created, it would not be a rerun. It would be happening right then. Kind of like spokes in a wheel. It's like, if you look at that spoke, you see creation. If you look at this spoke, you see the book of Revelation, but it's all now. Our God is a big God. Um, let's see. Look at Genesis 18. Many people are being blessed right now for things God knows they're going to do in the future. Haggai 2, 18 and 19 tells us that God blessed these people before the temple was restored because he foreknew they were surely going to do it. A lot of blessings in our life today have to do with the whole picture, not just what has happened in earth time. Man, I'm going to go back and listen to this message. <laughs> God can look at a heart, a spirit of man, and know their future. So Genesis 18, I thought this was very interesting here. Now this is, if you listen to this in the proper way, it'll stir you up to live a totally different life. Not, not different from, you know, what you're already doing that's good and right, but it'll help you to stay on course. God looks at our choices and deals with us, I, I guess you could say predestinates things according to what he knows we're going to choose. And the biggie is, is taken care of, to be conformed to the image of his dear son. That is our destiny because of our choice to receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. That's done. You and I have a destiny that cannot be altered because we have chosen Jesus and our, our goal is to be conformed to the image of his dear son. How many glad you're on the road to that right now? <laughs> That's wonderful. In Genesis 18, Genesis chapter 18, this is when God was talking to Abraham. And it's very interesting what he said here. And, and let, let me say this before we read this. Do you realize and understand he's not looking for perfection in order to be able to help us and bless us? He's just checking to see our decisions concerning faith or doubt or love or strife or uh, commitment or non-commitment. He's, he's, not, he's not looking for perfection. I mean, look, take King Solomon. He knew Solomon was going to royally mess up, but he still blessed him greatly because he saw the whole picture. The mess-ups in his life was not his whole life. His heart for God got him great things in his life, even though he wasn't perfect. Having a heart for God, that, that's the key. Does God see you loving him forever? 
Other than that, you just got the most, the greatest thing settled you could ever settle. Now, in Genesis 18, look here at verse 17. The Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Seeing that Abraham shall, future tense, become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I know him, for knowledge, for I know him that he's going to do something in the future concerning his family. I know him that he will command his children and his household after him and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment so that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. God said because I know what he's going to do I can give him what I said I could give him. This is interesting. He was talking about see God blessed Abraham before he had a child with Sarah. So he got the blessing before the child he was going to rear in the ways the Lord was even born. Do you see that? Is anybody catching this? Raise your hand if you're getting anything. You understand this? God was able to do something for Abraham because he foreknew he was going to raise his children in the things of God. Kind of makes you want to just make sure our future decisions are as good as they can be. <laughs> right? He said, I know him that he will he's going to do something in the future. He's going to command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. Wow. God knew what Abraham was going to do, and he blessed him on credit. Here's an interesting thought. If you want a quick manifestation of victory, see to it that there will be no doubt delays in your future. <laughs> okay. Um, turn, let's see. Let me see if we want to go there or not. We're going to go to Revelation chapter 4 in just a minute. So go ahead and get there if you want. I'll tell you what verses in just a minute. Back to this prayer thing. There are already some good things that have happened because of prayers God knew are yet to be prayed. There are some good things that have happened already because of prayers God knows are yet to be prayed. And he knows that he knows they will be. So why not answer him now? Time is, a, is an earth thing. Time is a, it's a, something that I believe God pushed out from him when he said, let there be light. And the really interesting thing about light, and Einstein, this is where Einstein comes in a little bit. I'm not saying I believe all this hook, line, and sinker. But he was talking about a, a theory of if you can actually travel the speed of light or speed up molecular structures up to the speed of light, it actually enters into a zone where there's no time. 
and it ceases to appear because it's going so fast, but it doesn't cease to exist. Sometimes I think of angels. Why can't we see angels with these eyes? Well, it's probably because they're operating in that higher realm of so much, you know, light is the fastest thing we know. I think it's the slowest thing God knows. <laughs> Speed of light. I think he was doing a study or something. He said, if somebody takes off in a spaceship, this was Einstein. I'm not sure about this. I'd have to think about this some more. He said, if you take off in a spaceship and somehow are able to go like 80% of the speed of light, which is 186,000 miles a second, but 80% of that, and swing around and come back to the earth, and you were married, uh, your spouse would be 60 years older than you. Let me say this again. It's interesting to think that if we were to, see, see with God, there's no such thing as the past. I think this, the, the, to me this is interesting because the more I think about these things and spiritual realities like this, the easier it is to believe God for miracles. Why would miracles be so wild? Our God is amazing. Um, God can bless us now for what has not happened yet. Or has it happened? Now this is interesting because when my mom was you know, deciding to go home and go, go to heaven, she said, I'm done. I've done everything I'm supposed to do. She just kind of shut down and stopped eating and she left the earth. Nothing really forced her out of her body or anything. She just decided to leave at almost 89 years old. And it's real interesting because we were talking to my mom and um, you know, she was at the house still just hanging out. and um, We were talking to her, DJ and I and Rachel and Carla were talking to her about DJ and Rachel's wedding coming up in a few weeks. And we said, Mom, don't you want to just stay around long enough for the wedding? I mean, this is going to be great. And she goes, no, no, um, I'll, I'll be fine. She said, I'll see it from heaven. I said, no, Mom, you, you don't understand. If you're in heaven and the wedding hasn't happened yet, how are you going to see it? And then DJ, <laughs> he says, after she passed away, and they hadn't gotten married yet, it's still been a couple weeks before they were getting married, she decided to go home and be with the Lord. She passed away. I was there with her. She breathed her last breath, and she didn't take another one, and she was gone. No pain, no struggle, no nothing. Just whew, gone. And DJ said, well, if Grandma is in heaven... And it's two weeks till our wedding. She's probably already seen the wedding. She's, she's probably already seen it. But in the earth, it hadn't happened yet. How could she already see it when on the earth it hasn't happened yet? Well, God knows the future as well as we know the present and the past, better than we know the present and the past. He's already seen it. You'll keep coming back on Wednesday nights, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for letting me preach this. I wanted to hear what it was going to sound like under the anointing. Um, here, here's another one, and I don't, I don't need to go to this one because we want to we pray here for a few in just a minute. But um, do you remember when Jesus came to Simon's house? And Simon, Peter's mother-in-law, was sick of a great fever. She was delirious, probably about to die, to burn up with a, a terrible fever. Luke called it a great fever. 
And he, they besought him for her that he would help her. And he stood over Peter's mother-in-law and it said he rebuked the fever. Didn't pray that God would heal her. He rebuked the fever. Sometimes we need to rebuke. He rebuked the fever and it left her and she arose and ministered unto them. She served them. We call it healed to serve. I'm kind of wondering, I'm thinking, how did, how did she get such a quick healing? Well, we know Jesus was there personally, but did her future heart to serve have anything to do with God being able to manifest an immediate healing in her life because he knew what she was going to do with her healing? And we're not talking about how to get a healing, but this might be a, 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 how to get a quick healing. What if God sees you doing his will with your healing? Well, that might help your faith a little bit to receive a quick healing because you and God both know what you're going to do with your healing. And let's face it, if you're going to serve the Lord, you're going to have to have some healing and health. And if that's your heart and that's your future heart commitment, it seems to me healing would be a little easier to come on the scene because you're going to be doing something with your healing that's totally God's will. Interesting thought. Did God know she was going to immediately serve Jesus and others when she was healed? And did this open the door for a quick healing for her? See, here's, here's one of the best ways to receive healing. Are you ready? Live the kind of life that requires it. What do you mean? Live the kind of life that requires health. I can't think of a greater way of life that requires health than doing the will of God. Your faith knows these things, just like the Lord knows these things, and a lot of times it's hard to receive from the Lord when we know we're not really going to use what we get from the Lord to do His perfect will. We're going to do part of the things we want, some other things over here, maybe some things over here that aren't so nice, and yes, I'll go to church on Sunday. Well, your faith knows that that's not the way it's supposed to be, so that'll hinder you from receiving. Um, so in closing, <laughs> um, so let me just read this. It, if, you, if you read anything after Einstein, and like I said, I'm not saying he's right on anything here, but he discovered that the faster one travels, the more time slows down. When, what, if you could, what if you want the speed of life? Well, time will stop. Did you know God crea created Adam and Eve right now? If there's no time, think about it. If there's no, if there's no time, I thought it was, while we were worshiping there with, with Nikki as she was singing, I was thinking about the scripture that says, one day is with the Lord is a thousand years. But that's not where the verse stops. Think about it. One day is with the Lord as a thousand years. But then he said, and a thousand years as one day. What's he talking about? A realm where there's no time. See, listen, one day with the Lord is a thousand years. That simply means that let's say, let's say a person messed up, they sinned, and they're feeling really bad about it. And um, then they get that scripture, one day is with the Lord is a thousand years. Well, in one day from that sin, it's already been a thousand years, so why be condemned about it? It's a thousand years in the past. 
But if you put it on the other point, uh, one day, you're just only a minute away from your sin. <laughs> In other words, he's talking about a realm where there's no time. There's no bondage of beginning and end. There's no bondage of late or... Isn't this interesting? To me, this is very interesting. And I don't know if we have any Star Trek people in here or Star Wars people, but this stuff kind of fascinates me because when I look out at the stars at night and I see what our Father created, I mean, there's no end to it. Our brains can't really comprehend that. Right now we see through a glass darkly and He meant it, right? Things are like in a riddle. It's like, what? But there's coming a day we're going to know even as He knows. We're going to go, oh, of course, that makes sense. A circle has no beginning and no end. I can comprehend eternity. A circle has no beginning and no end. But let's, let's just go to Revelation 4 now and let's, let's finish with this and let's just pray a little bit tonight because I believe there's some things we're going to pray out tonight that have already helped people in the past as well as going to help people in the future. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Revelation chapter 4, this is John 2,000 earth years ago seeing something in the future that hasn't even happened yet concerning our, in earth time. John 2,000 years ago saw something happening in the future according to earth time that hasn't even happened yet. Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. John said, After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as it were the voice of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up here, and I will show you things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone in that there was a white, a rainbow around the throne in a sight like unto an emerald. Round about the throne were four and twenty seats. And upon seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting clothed in white raiment. And they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne, there was a sea of glass like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. Now, the, the word sea, S-E-A in Bible prophecy, a lot of times talks about a mass of people. This says there was a sea of like a glass like unto crystal. I believe one of the things he says, and he mentions some of this later, these are saints. These are the people of God who went up in the rapture, others that were already in heaven before the throne of God, sparkling with glory, worshiping God. And this is interesting because the people that John saw, we were there. He's talking about the rapture, the trumpet talking with me, come up hither. He's talking about things that happened like during the rapture. That hasn't happened yet. And some of these things haven't happened yet. John talks about a lot of things that haven't happened yet in earth time. I mean, when the church is raptured, that, that's within the book of Revelation. I, I believe the rapture happens in chapter 4 in the book of Revelation. That's why you shouldn't freak out about anything after chapter 4, that you're going to be here or something like that. But this is so interesting to me because... When he saw the sea of glass before the throne and all the saints before the throne sparkling with the glory of God, he saw you and me there. And it wasn't 
a trailer to a movie. It's already, it's already happened. It can't be stopped. It's there. We're there. How about the scripture, we have been made to sit with Christ in heavenly places. Are you there or not? How can you be? Well, when there's no time, you're already there. And you get benefits of it, though you're not there physically yet, because in the full scope of things, you are there. How can you use authority? How can you look down on demon powers and cancer and disease and say, I have victory over you? How can you be seated with Christ in heavenly places, but you're yet you're still here on the earth? Because it's the whole picture that matters, not just what this time frame tells us. We are there. Just like people could get healed about what Jesus on what Jesus was going to do, we have authority now because of where we're going to be seated very soon geographically. We're there spiritually right now. We're there legally right now. But let's face it, we're not actually physically, geographically seated with him, but we get the benefits of that now because that is our destiny. Amen. So, I'm just going to submit a few things to you and you can, <laughs> hi Carla, I'm teaching it, honey, I, I'm doing it. <laughs> let me just ask you a question. Let, let me just make a statement. You can decide whether you want to believe it or not because don't worry about it. You've got all kinds of scriptures. You should be fine. Many are struggling with receiving healing today because of future doubting. They haven't made a strong enough commitment to not doubt anymore. And they're struggling with healing today because of future doubting. Now here's the good news. Here's the good news. God tells people certain times in the Bible, this is what's going to happen. This is your future, listen, if present circumstances don't change. So it's not set in stone. And a message like this should stir us up to make sure that our future decisions are going to be a little better than maybe just waiting to see what happens and going with what we feel or whatever. Doesn't this kind of stir you up to want to just say, you know what, God, I'm going to do everything in my power to see to it that you see my future in such a way where you can bless me with anything I'll ever need. When you realize your future affects your present, you're a little more cautious about going into your future without just case raw, whatever will be, will be. You're actually thinking about maybe a little more purpose in your life. And again, you don't have to be perfect. Nobody has to be perfect. We're all going to heaven. If you're a believer, you're going to heaven. You got that in the bag. But... If we would realize that there are some things today that can be different, if our commitment toward future things is different, it could affect today. Mm. <clears throat> so let me say it again. Many are struggling with receiving healing today because of future doubting that they're not serious enough about getting above. Let's commit to God afresh and be the ones who he knows meant it and are sticking with it forever. God hears our confessions down the road as to why many don't receive in a prayer line. <clears throat> I, I think I've had enough, so <laughs> I, I gotta stop there. I need to go pray some of these things out, but I, I did sense this would be really good for all of us to take our future a little more serious to take our decisions a little more serious and realize that it's not just what's happened that put us where we're at, 
but maybe it's some things that haven't happened that God knows will happen that determines where we're at. And I look at it like this. Maybe some of the things in our present can be way better if a message like this stirs us up to be a little more serious about refusing some things in the future and sticking with some things in the future. Perfect example. When God saw the heart of his people totally ready to build the temple, he saw their heart. They changed. He was able to bless them more than he could before because their heart changed and he knew if their heart changed, their future changed. Isn't that, God will bless us on credit. A lot of people commit sincerely, sincerely commit to the Lord to do something. He knows they're going to follow through with it and they start getting blessings immediately even before they took one step in fulfilling it. This is why it's important to make sure our hearts are right. And not just mentally saying, oh, we'll do that, we'll do this, we'll do that. No, God, we really mean it. We really mean it. When our hearts are sincerely to do the things he's leading us to do and to sincerely surrender to him, I'm telling you from that moment when he sees that kind of heart, get ready for blessings. And I think a message like this could really stir us up to make some of those adjustments and see some of these things he's been wanting to do for us more and more all along. Excuse me. Well, Father, as we start praying tonight, we just say thank you. Thank you for giving us light and revelation on things we can do. Oh, Lord, to be more blessed and to be a bigger blessing. Father, our hearts are to do your will. And Lord, we know, we know we don't have to be perfect. We know you're not looking for perfection in all of our actions, but you are looking for a perfect heart. You are looking for a heart that's fully consecrated to you so you can do for those people everything you said you wanted to do. Father, I just pray that we are the people that when you look into our future, you see good decisions. You see less doubt. You see less violations of love. You see less things that maybe have been hindering us. I believe, Lord, that as you see this people right here, You're looking to our future. And after tonight, you're seeing better things in our life because of present day commitments to do future things or to not do future things that would be bad for us. And so, Lord, thank you for stirring us up. Thank you for giving us revelation. Thank you for helping us to see things from an eternal perspective, not just a present and past perspective. Thank you, Lord, for revealing good things to us. And we're asking now, Father, as a church, that as we move forward as a church, we're believing, Lord, for your help to be greater in the area of helping people, ministering to the saints, being a blessing to the spreading of the gospel. Father, we pray tonight with the understanding and in other tongues for the things that you want done in our lives, in our church, in our families, through our lives, into this generation. We pray with the help of the Holy Spirit and we thank you for helping us tonight to pray out exactly what you want done. And we thank you that includes salvations, healings, miracles, victories, restoration, all good things in Jesus' name. So church, I'm just gonna pray in tongues for a while. They'll put up on the screen that scripture of 1 Corinthians 14 in case your mind needs something to focus on. Father, we pray together for your perfect will. Signs, wonders, miracles, healings, 
Help us, Lord, to do exactly what we need to do to open the door for you to do more in and through our church in Jesus' name. Pando frematikia esho kufro monde banita egrecianto mongolo de famadanie ekro dovopoko usto vekina eprakeata ansto frapakusho nombre degla difianto bron de levekianto banda ekregifiotolomo po ostefe. Father, you know what's going on. You know what's around the corner. You know what people are headed toward. You know what people need in the upcoming services. And we're asking and we're praying and we're going to do our part tonight to make sure that you have an open door, that you have an open door to manifest miracles and healings. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. How about we just all stand up for a moment? You can sit down in a second if you want, but let's just stand up and let's just pray together in the name of Jesus. Would you say this if your heart agrees with it? Heavenly Father, we're asking that you would grant unto your servants that with all confidence, all boldness, they may speak your word. Stretching forth your hand to heal. And that signs and wonders may be done by the name of your holy child Jesus. We're asking, Father, that whatever needs to be orchestrated, adjusted, would be adjusted. So that when people come to this church, are we meet people outside this church? We're ready to yield to the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Pour through me, Lord. Work through me to bring help to others around me. We believe that you will manifest good things through us because you love people and you have the answer. As a church, together, we agree on these things and we declare it'll happen. It is happening in Jesus' name. Now let's just pray in the spirit for a while and you can be seated if you want or stand or walk or pray. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus with the help of the Holy Spirit and we're expecting great and mighty things to transpire from this prayer forward. Mentino crojova akadifiante, words of wisdom, words of knowledge flowing through us to the world, to the church, to people around us. Discerning of spirits when necessary to discern what's really going on. Special faith, workings of miracles, gifts of healings, Father. We're expecting them to flow through all of us, not just pastor, not just the leaders, but all of us. All of us. We're, asked, we're believing and expecting, Father, for tongues, interpretation of tongues and prophecy to come to a higher level. To come to a higher level. 
in the name of Jesus. Teonta bangrea tefranita, kosono mandanio crafagini, epre chiato fumonotic ecrositano, mondele crevisha, mandana makati papoku utolomo provo, otelevitica etolomo pramutakai. An se vega kalashifi otomo poko usenve, lantolomo pro poko otave, mangino gronobo ochik, vika asto vonomoche, vende kleina, ekre jipato, bromba de kele diafodolomo pro mostaka, vochuno, mongonte, bamba kalanina, eto, vrobo, bosho, kuto, vonomono otakle. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Randala me pepa kasu uto nomo provo oka de leviandinja, endele me papaku uto, vomo ote de krezina, eto bronvonie, ekra jipato, vombo prekina, est de krejinto, lombona, ekra fitiaso, brova ke esta fakate papana, ate de krejistovo. Thank you, Lord. 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 Oh, Father, we worship you. Prasasuku utolomo ponvondele meteketi ipro bofofoko otele me banganya ekro jivinta eto remasakia ekro jevonte ebro pikiano ombre beba kalajaato vomo ote grevacasito bromonochik eka kalavina eto vomo noche. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, church, we just prayed the prayer they prayed in the book of Acts. And if that's all we prayed tonight, man, that's powerful. Let's just expect that to happen. Let's expect bolder and more confident preaching and teaching than we've ever heard. Let's expect it even to come through us. Let's expect it. Let's expect signs and wonders. God stretching forth his hand to heal. Gifts of healings coming forth. Workings of miracles. Special faith. Let's just expect it. We prayed that prayer. Let's believe. Let's believe God. Let's believe. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, this, this came to me just a couple days ago, this phrase that more prayer cannot take the place of believing the prayers you already prayed worked. Prayer can't take the place of believing that the prayer you prayed worked. Does that make sense? And, and I'll, I'll tell you just a moment here, just the last couple of minutes, so you can be seated, because we're going to, I want to tell you about the for, new format of the services, but, um, and it's not that much different, but it's something we need to be aware of, because I think more people might even want to come. But remember I said, I, just at the very end of the teaching, I said that some things can be changed, some future things that were going to happen can actually be changed if people change. You know, a perfect example is Nineveh. God said, Jonah, go tell that city in 40 days they are going to be totally destroyed and wiped out. Jonah went and preached that message and they weren't destroyed. Why? Because the word of the Lord changed Nineveh to where they cried out to God mightily, humbled themselves greatly, repented, and God said, you know what? You just changed the future because you changed. Hezekiah, another great one. He was about to die. The Lord sent the prophet into him and said, Hey, Hezekiah, King Hezekiah, the Lord told me to tell you, Isaiah said, The Lord told me to tell you, set your house in order, you're going to die and not live. That was the word of the Lord about Hezekiah's future. Hezekiah said, You know what? 
I'm going to turn my face to the wall. I'm going to cry out to God. I'm going to ask him to spare my life. And the Bible says God told Isaiah, go back, tell Hezekiah, I heard his prayer. I've seen his tears. I'm going to give him 15 more years. He changed the future because he changed. That's one of the whole thoughts of this message tonight. If our future right now is not that good, it can be great after tonight. When I say not that good, maybe not as much prosperity, maybe not as much victory, maybe not. Because if we change, our future changes. Whew, that's good. Now, what we're going to do on Wednesday nights is, we, Dominic and I have been praying, we've been talking about this, and um, <clears throat> we've thought about it for a while, and after the meetings in Boise, we kind of got some confirmation up there, and uh, Wednesday nights is going to be a, a night where it's, we're, we're going to have a believers meeting on Wednesday nights. What that simply means is we might pray all night. We might not pray all night. But the preacher is not going to come all studied up to preach a long sermon. The praise team might have two songs and that's about it. We may sing them, we may not. But we're going to come together and the leader of the meeting will interpret the meeting. The Bible says if there be no interpreter... You know, let them keep silence in the church. That's not talking about interpretation of tongues. It's talking about somebody knowing the direction of a meeting, like a Holy Ghost meeting. And certain people will be called on at times. Do you have something? How, do you have something on your heart? Lord, quicken me that you might have something to say, or a song to sing, or a prophecy, or a tongue, or interpretation. Instead of just open mic, it, it, there'll be an interpreter. The leader of the meeting will be interpreting the flow of the Spirit. And uh, I just think it's going to be great, especially since we're teaching on the gifts of the Spirit right now. Because of the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all, we need opportunity at times to develop in these things. Yeah. Actual hands-on experience. And so we're going to have believers meetings. And so the prayer meeting is going to be on Sunday morning. That's already in progress, right? What time is it? It's at 9.15. 9.15. 9.15 to 9.45. That's a half hour of prayer. And so I know there are people in this church called to pray for this church. It's your calling. Like I'm called to pastor. I believe there's people in this church called to help the Lord's work through this area of prayer. And so we want to condense all that to Sunday morning at 9.15. And then of course if you can join Darlene Tuesdays online for prayer. Maybe you can't make some of these meetings physically. Do that. Tap into it. Tell her you want to be a part of that um, uh, group on Facebook and she will add you to it and you can help pray with her on Tuesday nights too. Candace usually leads at 9.15. Carla leads a lot. You, you lead a lot on 9.15. A lot. Um, but that's what we're going to do. So let's take the prayer that we've been doing here and bring it to Sunday morning at 9.15 in the youth room. And so we would really, really ask you to do that. Because if you're called to pray, don't let this stop you from praying for your church. Please come in the group prayer. Praying individually is great, but group prayer, there's something very powerful about group prayer that you can't even get alone at home. So let's, let's take all the energy here, there. But like I said, we may come on a Wednesday night and the Spirit of God says, pray the whole night in other tongues, as fast and as hard as you can. Save lives or whatever. We may come on a believer's meeting night. We're not sure exactly, but the preacher's not going to have a sermon to preach. In other words, we want to come prayed up. All of us want to come prayed up on Wednesday night and see if the Lord would have us to give anything into that service. And as the leader up front, just believe that the leader up front interprets the meeting properly. 
and directs it properly. And I believe we're going to advance spiritually and we're going to get some things and maybe you know, a little mini exhortation here or a psalm or a tongue or a 15 minute teaching and the rest of it's just reverencing God or whatever. Let's just come prayed up and see what the Lord has for us. <clears throat> All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 